Turn with me, if you will, over into Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and the 31st verse. We're going to read a verse of Scripture there. The prophet Isaiah is, writes this. He said, but those who wait upon the Lord, those who expect, look for, and set their hope in Him. I'm just kind of adding some things to it there, but... Uh, those who wait on the Lord, those who expect. How many is expecting God to do something? Amen. Or look for and set their hope in Him, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Praise God. Well, we can leave here saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. But God chose, and through the prophet Isaiah, to compare believers to the eagle. Isn't that amazing? I, I mean, of all the, the creatures of God are all magnificent. I, I mean, I've been out. On the sea, you know, close to the sea, and you can see those big whales. They're magnificent creatures. Uh, and I love those magnificent catfish that people catch. <laughs> but God chose to compare us to eagles. Eagle is a... Pr- I'm, I'm proud to be an American... And proud to know that the eagle is our standard and our, our status and showing that, that we, we have the strength of an eagle. Amen? But God chose to compare all believers that. See, eagles are born to live in high places. And eagles are made for the high places. They're created for the high places. In the clefts of the rock, way up high. You're born to be overcomers. Every one of us were born to be overcomers. We were made for the high places. See, God created you as an overcomer. He has already overcome the devil. Now we've got to get it established in our heart that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. Amen? Now... Look at 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I know it's hard. Someone asked me one time, they said, Brother Clarence, are you a faith preacher? I said, I guess so, because I use the word faith a lot. <laughs> I would term myself, I guess, as a faith Minister, faith preacher, teacher. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You're going to have to have faith if you're going to make it in this world. It's going to take faith. Listen, it takes faith in your heart to make it when the trump of God sounds. We've got to believe. And we've got to have faith in the promise of God and and the prophecies of God in the word of the Lord. But whatsoever is born of God. So that puts us all in that category. We're all born of God. I may say, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm born of God. That means that you're an overcomer. We're overcomers. Everyone. There, really, there's no excuse not to be an overcomer. 
There's no excuse not to have victory. There's really no excuse not to have what God said he's provided for us. Amen? Somebody said, well, that's pretty blunt, Brother Clarence. No, it's just facts. Because Jesus did all this work on our behalf, and the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. That means he did all the work so that we don't have to work for anything. How many knows you don't have to work for your salvation? It's freely given, freely received. We don't really have to work for anything as far as... Now, we have to work in this life. What does the Bible say? If you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's really the way the Bible says it, but that's a good saying anyway. But if we don't work with our hands, then we're, we're not... You, you, how many understand there is working, and then there's working to try to get what God's already given you? God has already paid the price through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we're victorious. Amen? Now, the bald eagle is what, what this writer Isaiah is in reference to. And a bald eagle is 29 to 42 inches long. And they can weigh anywhere from 7 to 15 pounds. I know that's a pretty big bird. I've seen some pretty plump chickens, but I don't think I've ever seen one that big. And they have a wingspan of six to eight feet. I mean, that's a big wingspan. That's, I'm six foot two, so I, I still got some inches to go. That's a big wingspan. Now, eagles were created to fly in the high places. That's why that God created them the way they are. And eagles are born to fly because the sky is their home. <laughs> That's their domain. Now, I, I read this account one time, and you may have heard this. There was this little eagle that fell out of its nest and landed in a chicken yard. Now, the eagle grew up among the chickens. And although he looked a little different, he learned to walk like a chicken and eat like a chicken. Hey, you can train anything to be anything. Amen? That's why the Bible tells us about our train up a child in the way he should go and he walk therein. We can train our children to walk in the things of God and have the blessings of God in their life. And you can train an animal to do certain things. we got a little kitty cat now. I changed her name from Little Bit to Princess. She loves Princess better. And uh, some other nicknames that I've got, but I won't say all those, you know. <laughs> but this little chicken, he learned to walk. I mean, this little eagle learned to walk like a chicken and learned to eat like a chicken. And he looked different. <laughs> I want to tell you something. How many's ever been in a? How many's ever walked in the wrong church? I remember Brother Osteen used to have his conferences every year, and uh, it was a Thanksgiving time. They had a Thanksgiving conference, and and 
he was on the, uh, he had the little, the little church at that time, the little old feed store that they remodeled and, and, uh, then they built and built and built and built and built and built until now they're in the compact center, you know. But they used to have that conference every year. And sometimes people would come from way out of, the, out of different states and come. And some of them went down, there was another little church down the road, little church of Christ. And nothing wrong. I mean, I'm not bad mouthing, but it was a little church of Christ. They don't, Worship like we do all the time, you know. And But they went into the Church of Christ thinking that they were in Lakewood Church. And they sat there about 15 minutes and then they realized, this ain't the right spot. And so they finally got over to where Lakewood was and they come in and walked through the doors and the music was a-going. People were shouting and praising the Lord and glorifying God. They said, we found the right place. Hallelujah. Now, Mind you, if, if you go to a place that doesn't encourage you to praise God, you're going to know the difference when you get in a place that praises God. Amen? If you get into a place that they don't preach the Word, you don't have to sit there too long and you'll realize, hey, I'm just getting some little pep talks. Tell me how good I am and I know I need to repent. Amen? But when you get in, a, in, in the right place and you get the right food, you're going to get what you need. See, God's not out to condemn us, but He's out to encourage us. And sometimes when He encourages us, the truth hurts. <laughs> but as we get, go forward, God will bless us. Now, this little eagle, he learned to walk like a chicken, eat like a chicken. One day, the young eaglet, eaglet looked up in the sky and he saw this beautiful big eagle soaring way high up there. This big eagle. And the little chicken, the little eagle, eagle, <laughs> the little eagle in the chicken yard thought, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to soar like that up there. <laughs> and the eagle soared overhead. He looked down and he saw the little eagle in the chicken yard. And he flew down and asked him, he said, what are you doing here? And the little eagle replied, I'm just here in the chicken yard where I've always been. Well, the great eagle looked and said, spread your wings, young boy. <laughs> you just do what I do. Follow me. Then he flapped his wings and he lifted off the ground, and the little eagle had been living among those chickens so long that he didn't know who he was. But he flew off into the sky with the big eagle, never to return to the chicken yard again. I want to tell you something. There's a moral to that whole little story. We're in this world, but not of this world. We're in a sin-sick world, but that doesn't mean we have to be sick with sin. We're in a heavily oppressed and depressed society today, but that don't mean we have to be oppressed and depressed. Because our nature has been changed. And we are now more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And we're more than conquerors. So, I want to ask some believers, what are you doing down there in that old depressed chicken yard? 
What are you doing down in that place that doesn't sing songs of victory? <laughs> what, what are you doing talking more about the devil than Jesus, my son, who's redeemed you and defeated the devil for you? Mm. Now, don't shout me down. Because I'm making myself happy. We are different. Everybody look at somebody and say, you are different. (laughs) Now, don't get carried away. (laughs) But to, to live in the high places that God's called us to, we got to be willing to leave our comfort zone. We got to be willing to rise up above the circumstances. Rise up above where we are today. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy 22:11 says as an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, and spreads abroad her wings, takes them and bears them on her wings. Hallelujah. God's taken us and bearing us up. And he's going to bring us to that higher plateau, that higher place, that higher realm in our relationship with God, if we'll just allow him to do it. Amen? This is what God's wanting to do. When the right time comes, the mother eagle begins to teach her eagles how to fly, the little eaglets how to fly. When the right time comes, she gathers them into her, onto her back and spreading her wings. She flies high up in the air with all the little eaglets on her back. Then they learn how to fly on their own. (laughs) Because she kind of just shakes them off. And when they shook off, they begin to flap their little wings and they realize they're eagles too. Praise God. Now I want to say, listen, have you ever wondered, God, why, where were you when I needed you? How many has ever prayed that kind of prayer? Lord, did you forget me? Have you forgotten? I'm one of your good kids. Why am I discouraged and despondent and down in the dumps? And why is all this happening to me? Why is all these bad things taking place? And you know what God wanted to say? He wanted to say, you don't belong in that little chicken yard. I made you more than a conqueror. I've redeemed you. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Praise God. We don't have to talk defeat. <laughs> Someone called today from out of state. And I'm telling you about every other word was the devil this, the devil that, devil this, devil that, devil this, the devil, this spirit this, this spirit that, this spirit. I said, oh, dear Jesus. I said, can I stop you for just a moment? I said, all I've heard is devil, 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 devil. I said, you are the redeemed of the Lord. And what you need to start doing when you see devil operations, start saying, blood, 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 blood of Jesus. Because that's the thing that defeated the devil. There's power in the blood. Can you say amen? Now, the process is repeated over and over with these little eaglets. <laughs> Until they learn... How to fly. Now, what she'll do, she'll, 
they'll start flopping their wings and start going down, and she'll come soar under them and pick them back up again. And then she'll just do it again the next time, and she'll just, and they'll, but all of a sudden they'll learn how to fly. See, God's not going to never leave you nor forsake you. God's with you always, even to the end. Amen? His strength is there. His power is there. His ability is there. His love is there. All the promises of God that He's given you are there to be fulfilled. And you know what? Sometimes we've all wavered. We've all faltered. We've all got to flap in our wings. And all of a sudden we got tired and all. We just started soaring downward. But listen, I want you to know that same little mama eagle God is greater than any creature He's ever created, and He'll swoop down up under us and lift us back up into a place where we can begin to worship and praise Him. Amen? And bring us victory. Now, God's got a way of getting us out of our comfort zone. Hallelujah! Now, you may not know you've got a comfort zone, but you do. Some people's comfort zone is just, well, I'm faithful, but don't ask me to do nothing. Amen? I'm thankful to God. I love the Lord. But you know what God's wanting to do? He's wanting to nudge you out of your comfort zone. I'll tell you something. Some people's up here singing with us when we got our group up here. And some of them probably didn't want to do it at first. Some of them still don't want to do it sometimes. Ain't that right, Louise? <laughs> but you know what? God knows what we can do. And God knows what He's put in us. And yes, you know what, there's times I have preached through my 50-something years of preaching, and, and there have been times I thought, dear Lord, that was the biggest flop I ever made. Oh God, are you sure you called me to preach? And if somebody didn't come up and say, boy, Brother Clarence, I needed that with tears in her eyes. That was exactly what I needed tonight. And that's lifted my spirit. And oh, I, I, and listen, that just makes me get pumped up again. Hallelujah. Because you see, we know God isn't going to leave us in a lurch. God's not going to leave you in a position to where the enemy can overpower you. Because God is our protector. He's, our, he's everything that we need Him to be. And he is going to take, make sure that we have confidence in his power and his ability to take care of us. Can you say amen? Now, number two, we must learn to trust the Lord. Mm. Trust. That word trust is a powerful word. You know, don't come to me and say, I trust you, Brother Clarence. Or some of you may say, I'm trying to trust you, Brother Clarence. Trust is a powerful word. But look what it says in Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Praise God. Brother Brady, you ought to be up shouting about right now. Hallelujah. Have you ever asked yourself why it's hard to trust somebody? Sometimes we have trouble trusting individuals and other human beings. We have trouble trusting people. And and this is why terms like, I've got trust issues that come up out of our inner being. You know, we have trust issues. And it's become the norm to describe 
a failed relationship. See, a failed relationship is not just husbands and wives or fiancés and, you know, the people they're engaged to. Or, or, and it's not just, just really friends. But a failed relationship can be in the spirit realm with individuals. And you, you have what you call, quote, trust issues. I don't want to ever be guilty of ever lying to someone. I think lying is the most hideous sin there is. I don't like, I I, I shouldn't say this, I I won't say it right, (laughs) because I don't like lying. Amen? God doesn't like lying. We Listen, people... They lift their voice to God and lie to Him all the time. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And then they go out and do the very opposite of what the Word says. What they've done is lied to God. But trust is something that we have to do. We have to learn how to trust the Lord. Um, it's because we're human. We've all witnessed human failure before. Every one of us have. And once we do, it's hard to trust again. I mean, listen, it is. I, I've, I've counseled young couples that one of them strayed and committed sin. There's nothing else to call it. You can call it a mistake. Uh, you can call it this or that, but it's S-I-N, sin. With I right in the middle of it, pride. I, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's still sin. It's not just a mistake. I think we've been wrong by allowing people to think it's just a little mistake that they've made. No, it's sin. Now, somebody said, well, you're really hard-nosed on that. No, because you see, God loves every person, but he hates sin. He despises sin. I made a statement at a church one time, and it wasn't too popular, because back you know, nowadays, you know, God loves you just like you are. You just come on just like you are. It doesn't matter what, who you are, what you do, what you've done, because God loves you. And His grace covers all your past, present, and future sins. It does. It does. Don't get me wrong. But don't, don't encourage people to keep living the lifestyle they're living. <laughs> Amen? God wants transformation. God wants change. And I've gotten off my message here a little bit, but I, I guess this is good. Somebody out in Facebook land needs it, I guess. Because you don't need that, right? <laughs> but trust. The greatest comfort about trusting God, He's not a person like you and me. Isn't that good? You can trust God. I might, I might fail you as a human being. I might stumble. I, I might fall right down in, in the middle of the floor before you. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. But God never fails. And we want to get our trust in the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, uh, the Bible said in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not... On your own understanding. Trust in God with all your heart and don't lean under your own understanding. But 
uh, in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Everybody say, I'm blessed because I trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, uh, he said, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the rivers or by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's when you put your trust in the Lord. Amen? Now look at this next scripture. James, uh, Isaiah 40, uh, 41.10. So do not fear, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, for I will uphold you with the righteous, my righteous right hand. I'll uphold you with my right hand. That's what God said. And he said this in Jeremiah, I mean James 1.16, I'm sorry. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. We're still talking about trust tonight, amen? When you ask, you must believe and do not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Now, the word doubt is interesting. Remember what Jesus told the disciples? If you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart. But believe those things that you say shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. Now that word doubt, there in the Gospels where Jesus did that, and this word doubt here in James, it's the Greek word diakrino, which means to be divided between two opinions. That's exactly what doubt is. You're divided between two opinions. You hear somebody say, God can, then you hear somebody say, well, it may not be God's will. Then you hear somebody say, God wants to, and then, well, he may not desire to right now, you know. And, I mean, and it's, and it's, you're divided, you're tipsy-turvy, topsy-turvy, you know, one, on one side and on the other. You're divided between two opinions, and that's what doubt is. When we have doubt in our heart, then we're divided between two opinions. We're divided, is God really true, or is he not true? Is God really faithful or is He unfaithful? Does God have all power or does He just have a little bit of power? See, the devil likes to make us doubt. And we're in a society today with all the bad things that's happening in our world because of sin, capital S-I-N, it's in the world. And because of all the unruliness and all the rebellion and all of that, people are walking in fear. But listen, we don't have to walk in fear. Because we do know one thing, that if we leave this life through whatever means, our next stop is heaven. Amen? And and can I say this? I believe with all my heart God wants to send a mighty move of the Holy Ghost in this world. But it looks like that we're living in those days that Jesus even talked about. Where he told the disciples as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We're seeing it more and more. I've never seen such boldness in our policy makers, in our senators and representatives that are anti-God. I mean, they're boasting on it. 
being anti-God. And they can't wait. They don't want another conservative Supreme Court justice. Because it will be a long time before they could dismantle that. But I want to tell you something. God's still on the throne. And God may still be buying us some time. Hallelujah. And thank God for what God is doing. And how, but you know what? If the trump wants to sound tonight, it won't bother me one bit. I'm ready. Hallelujah. And I know you are too. Amen. Now, but he said in James 1, 6, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Is it possible to trust without believing? No. But it is possible to believe without trusting. Oh, listen, y'all still here? I've told this little story before, but it's, it, it, it pays to put it here, too. This little fellow was up hiking and camping out, and he's up on the mountaintop, you know, and, and he got too close to the edge. He was looking over down at the river down below, and uh, it was thousands of feet down there, and he looked, and, and all of a sudden he slipped, and he began to plunge to his death, and about a little way, he didn't, I mean, he was down far enough to where he couldn't get back up, and all of a sudden, he, he just caught this little twig coming out of the side of the mountain, hanging on for dear life. He said, God! Help me! God! Where are you? And the Lord said, I'm right here, son. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank, oh, God, I need you. I need you to save me right now. And the Lord said, well, do you trust me? Well, you know I do, Lord. And God said, do you really trust me? About that time the, brand, the roots were coming out of the side of the mountain. He said, Lord, yes, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. You know I trust you. And the Lord said, but do you really trust me? Lord, I trust you. Another root was coming out. Dirt got in his hair. And the Lord said, well, you do what I tell you to do. I'll do anything you say, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. I trust you, Lord. And the Lord said, turn loose. Is anybody else up there? See, we we say we're willing to do everything God says to do. But are we really willing to do it? Can you really believe (laughs) and not trust? Trust is a powerful word. I trust that my wife is going to cook me a great meal. And she hadn't failed yet. And I don't go in there checking on her saying, Now, did you put the right ingredient in here? Now, I don't know. Does that look brown enough? No. You know what? I just eat it when she sets it before me because I know it's going to be perfect. It's going to be great. Because I trust her. Amen? Sometimes we trust human beings more than we trust God. And God created all things. And what we got to learn to do is trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. Turn loose! Oh, Lord! Let go! Oh, praise God. It's a challenge, isn't it? 
But to completely trust, you need to go a step further and not just believe that he's God, but be convinced that he cares for you. And he, God will provide your every need. Only then will we persevere in this life when we come to that place where we can trust Him. You know, in our early years of ministry, there was times that I didn't see how we was going to make it. But you know what God did? He always intervened supernaturally. We were building a church and paying cash for it as we go. And we needed $12,000 one Tuesday to pay the people that put that spread the concrete and smoothed it out, you know, and all that. And, and, uh, and I told him, I said, well, uh, I knew that the 10th was going to be on a Tuesday. I said, well, uh, Tuesday's the 10th, and uh, that's, when you, uh, that's when you're going to, uh, you know, that's when you pay your bill. And I said, well, if you can wait till Tuesday over the weekend, I said, I'd come in Tuesday morning, I'll have you a check for 12000 whatever it was. It was a little over 12000 they said, okay, no problem, Pastor. Well, we got there, and Sunday morning we took a building fund offering, and we got $50. Took another one Sunday night, and we got another 75 or 80 My people that counted the money and, and you know, made the deposit, they said, Brother Dalrymple, what are we going to do? <laughs> I said, we're going to pay them a check on Tuesday morning. They said, but with what? I said, it'll be in the bank. You watch. See what God does. Because God doesn't fail us. I trust Him. God said, build this church by faith. Pay cash for it as we go. God said, do it. We're obeying Him. And as we obey Him, God's going to honor our faith. And we're going to put our trust in Him. Our trust isn't in the people. Our trust isn't in anybody else. Our trust is in Him. He's our provider. Monday morning, people started coming by the church office. And by Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, we had more than the $12,500 we need to give them. We even had some money left over to start on some other projects that was needed that week. I mean, you know, and the, and the little fellow come in, he said, Well, Pastor, I wasn't worried. I said, Sure. <laughs> But you know what? We had never failed. God never let us fail in doing one thing. Because why? We trusted Him. Y'all get this tonight? Is this helping anybody? So now, the third thing I want to share with you is this. To live in the high places, we must learn to wait on God. Now, we want to look at that for just a moment. Look at Isaiah forty thirty one. But for those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, that word wait on the Lord. I think I said it earlier tonight, but the word wait is not just sitting on the side of a corner and sitting on a, uh, on a, on a curbside waiting on someone that you're waiting on and you're waiting on them to get there. This isn't what this word wait means here. That's not what they that wait upon the Lord. See, we, we think sometimes we just got to wait on God. See, really, in essence, in truth, in real true revelation of who God is, we, we already have received what we need. What things do you desire when you pray? Jesus taught this. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
So it's, it's not, sometimes we put, you know, it's, 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 someone said one time, well, you put God on the spot again. No, God's never put on the spot. Because I learned a long time ago, I don't have to just sit around waiting on my provider. But this word wait goes a little different, a little deeper than that. Waiting on the Lord, the Hebrew word is kavah. Y'all didn't know I was so smart, did you? But it means to wait, to look for, to expect, to wait eagerly, to look and to wait. So waiting of the Lord means to attend to or to wait upon. Trusting, believing that God's going to do it. And also the literal definition of uh, kaval means it implies strength through numbers. Now I got to looking at that for just a little bit today. <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's, you know, in, in Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, the literal meaning of the word is to bind together like a cord. To bind together like a cord. To bind together like a cord. What does that mean? First, it, we need to explain to bind together like a cord does not mean, it doesn't mean to tie a cord around a bundle of sticks to keep them together. You know, we think that's, that's what we, we're talking about, binding together. But instead, we need to picture in our mind tonight the process of making a rope. How many knows a rope starts off with one little strand? And that one little strand can't hardly hold up a lot of weight. That one little strand. But then as they're making that rope, they add strand after strand after strand after strand and after strand until that rope is able to pick up heavy, heavy stuff and hold it. Because, you know, it's bound together. Those strands are bound together. You know what makes a strong church? It's a many-membered body. And when that many-membered body is interwoven and bound by that cord of love and bound by that cord of grace and bound by that cord of faithfulness and commitment, there, that's what makes a strong church. What makes a strong marriage? Husband and wife, they've got to do the same thing. They've got to make that binding, interweaving to where nothing can pull it apart. Somebody come tell me, he said, did you hear what Pat said about you? And they tell me, and I say, no, Pat didn't say that. Well, how do you know? I said, because I trust her. And we're interwoven. And we're, listen, we're so interwoven, we can almost finish each other's sentences all the time. Hallelujah. Because we're one. But that, that, that uh, literal definition there, it's strength through numbers. So, to bind together like, like a cord, it, 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 it's not a cord around a bundle of sticks, but it's the more strands that are twisted or woven. Now look what Ecclesiastes 4.12 says. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Hmm. Wisest man in the Bible wrote that in Ecclesiastes. He said, a strand, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. You can't do it. 
It's impossible for your human strength to do it. God even said it. He put it in the Bible. So that, that weaving together is important to us as believers tonight. Amen? We'll be strong. Now, a piece of rope is pulling something that stretches out a little bit while it's working. <laughs> you ever seen that? And you watch it real close because you don't want it to pop. <laughs> because too much pressure will make it, you know, pop. But if it's, if it's a strong enough rope, it'll pull heavy, heavy, heavy equipment and it'll get the job done. So, while the stress is on the rope, the individual stands uh, and work together in lifting and pulling the load. It's but the, the stress is on the rope. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Those that serve Him. Those that worship Him. See, when you're waiting, what are you doing? You're, you're coming in the presence of the Lord. You need to learn to walk in the presence of God. You, you need to learn to walk in continual praise with God. Get in your car and praise Him. Get up in the morning and praise Him. Go to bed at night praising Him. I mean, Pat and I, we, we're getting used to it now, but every once in a while, you know, I say, what would you say? She said, I'm just talking to the Lord. I said, oh, okay. Then I'll do the same thing to her because I'll be in there praying or something. And she'll say, would you say something? But listen, the rope of our lives gains strength by being twisted or woven together with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's where we gain our strength. We as believers, they that wait upon the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. I said the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why it's important to be happy. Somebody said, I'm so tired all the time. Well, you don't laugh much during the day, do you? The joy of the Lord is your strength. I mean, really and truly, you find out that as you rejoice in Him, and that true joy in our spiritual man is there, that you're going to find your physical body not as exhausted. Now, if you don't get no sleep, you're going to be tired. Because God did create the body to get rest. Amen. And to get some sleep. But when we wait on God, we renew our strength. Who satisfies our mouth with good things in Psalms 103, verse 5, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. How many thinks that's what we ought to get done here? I tell you what, I think Brother Brady started it tonight. He just walked in here without his walker. His youth has been renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, there's our kids. But God will lift us up. Look what the Bible says. He said, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you need strength, if we need healing, if you need peace, if you need joy, if you need assurance, whatever it is, wait on the Lord. He'll renew your strength. Can you say amen? The Bible said in Galatians 6, 9, Be not weary or well-doing, but, be, but, but you shall reap if you faint not. 
Don't be weary in well-doing, but, it, but you're going to reap if you faint not. And how are you going to faint? Keep the strength. Keep that joy. Keep that peace. Stay woven with God. Get in that position to where you're, you're interwoven with the Lord. And, and you're inter, as we interweave together as a body of believers, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see what God will do for us. Can you say amen? But God wants us to see the whole picture. And if, if we faint not, the faint means to lose heart. That's what faint means, you lose heart. You, you lose all hope, confidence. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. We need to go to the high places. Praise God. Now, in conclusion, I want to share this about the old eagle. The eagle never fights the snake on the ground. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't try to get the devil and don't try to come down and try to get on his level. That's not what God's telling us to do. But he said, we'll be like the eagle that soars high. But that eagle picks up, into, it picks up that snake, that thing that could destroy, that thing that's got that old poisonous venom out of it, you know, all the time. And that old tongue coming out and like that all the time, wanting to, to bite and do this. And, and some of those snakes, I tell you what, some of those snakes can, I've seen them swallow some pretty big animals. I mean, I saw one snake one time at a farm I was on with some people, and, and, and all, this snake was out there. I mean, he'd, he was big. I said, what is that? They said, oh, we got one of our little little uh, um, sheep or something, you know. He's, I said, how can he get that through his mouth? I don't know. But they do it. Amen. I tell you what, I wouldn't want one of those snakes in my house. I don't want a pet snake. My son-in-law built us a house. We had a swimming pool that he'd built. And I was out there one day just enjoying myself. You know, it was fenced in, you know. just I was just enjoying myself in that summer heat in the swimming pool. And, and all of a sudden, the snake comes up, puts his head up, waves at me, you know. And I said, get out of here, you devil. He took off. And he'd come over on the other side. He's doing that. I tell you what, the only snake I like is a dead snake. I know there's probably some good snakes out there, but I tell you, don't try to, I'm not going to take the time to determine if they're good or bad. And so, I jumped out of that pool, I didn't even dry off. I went to my garage, and I got me a hoe, and that little thing took off. Then he come back around. He's playing games with me. I said, I'm just going to sit here and wait on you. I got him. I mean, I knocked his head off and chopped it off. And he was wiggling around. He was pretty long. Beautiful snake. Beautiful colors. I thought, well, I got him. And I did. I got him. And uh, I had a friend of mine come over. And he said, man, I don't know, Brother Clarence. This, this looks like this might be somebody's pet snake. And he said, a lot of times, this kind of snake, they go in pairs. I said, don't tell me that. I mean, I had faith working in me at that time, but he told me they go in pairs. Man, I tell you what, I got, and sure enough, the next day I went out there, and I knew it wasn't that snake, because I'd done chopped his head off. And here's another one coming around, putting his head up over there, waving at me, you know. You went over on the other side. I said, you rascal, come here. 
I got my hoe headed out there by the door of the garage. And he come over, and he got over there pretty close to me. I tell you, I got that hoe, and I got his head off, too. Come to find out. I never confessed to it, though. My neighbors next door had two pet snakes that got out. Well, I never said anything. I wasn't going to be the bearer of bad news to them. But their snakes had already went off to snake, uh, snake hell somewhere. I tell you, <laughs> I, 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 I did condone, you know, condone, you know, give my condolences for their loss. I didn't tell them I lost them for them. I wasn't about to let them know that. They were my neighbors. But I didn't know they had dirty snakes in their house like that. You know, people are weird. You know, I, you know, I, I mean, people got weird pets. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have pet alligators somewhere, you know. But I'm not going to get close enough to them. I just won't do that. But unless I just didn't push in a corner somewhere, I could do something probably. But God would give me the grace. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is this. What this eagle does, he gets it and he takes it high in the air where that snake is helpless, hopeless. He does his battle up in the air. Don't let the devil get you rolling in the dirt. Don't let the devil get you feeling sorry for yourself and getting down here amongst all of these little uh, mully grub people, you know. I mean, he wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you in a position to where you can't rise above it and rejoice and shout and praise God. And that's what he wants to do. But you see, the whole conclusion of this thing is the, de- the snake, he, he is outnumbered up in the high places. And I want to tell you something. You are outnumbered if you're in the low place. If you're cowered down, if you're afraid to open your mouth and praise God out loud, if you're prayed to take authority over the devil and over all that he's doing, then the devil's got you right where he wants you. He's got you on his territory. And he's going to win. I said he's going to win because we haven't learned how to, we haven't learned how to win over him yet. And the thing is, he's already defeated. That's the, that's the big issue right there. Satan is already defeated. He's powerless. He's toothless. We have power over him. The Lord said, I give you power to tread on serpents. We've got the power. So it is the devil, when you get in the high place, he is no match for any child of God that knows their position in the Lord and knows who they are and the power of the Holy Ghost that's in their life. He's no match for you. We've got victory in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Don't fight the enemy in your comfort zone or in his comfort zone. Amen? Change the battleground like the eagle does. And let God take charge through your praying and through your power and authority that He's put in you. Let God take charge. 
You'll be assured of clean victory. And the Bible said, pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. Just continually praise Him and pray. And, you know, the Lord, Exodus 14, 14, I'm going to close with this. Don't shout. The Lord will fight for you. All you need to do is be still. Oh, have you ever seen people that can't be still? I'm not talking about you shouldn't be up doing things. I'm I'm talking about you can't be still in the spirit. We got to get still in our spirit. We got to get quiet. That quietness and confidence in the Lord. Let it get down in our spirit. And as we do that, we're going to see that the Lord is fighting for you. Like a little man pulling on the tree. And God said, turn loose. Turn loose. Listen, it's hard for us to turn loose sometimes. But I want to tell you something. If we'll turn loose, you're going to see the miraculous power of God begin to move for you. God's power. I tell you, he's, he's a powerful being. Hallelujah. How many glad you're part of God's family tonight? Lift your hands and just thank God tonight. Just praise Him right now and just glorify Him out loud. Thank you, Lord. I mean, but just let, let Him, let, praise Him out loud. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. I said nothing's impossible with God. All things are possible to him that believes. And all we have to do is just put our faith and confidence. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he goes. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Could you slip in? Let me your prayer right now. Oh, those that wait upon the Lord. We're going to wait, Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as the eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Oh, thank you for your patience. Allowing me to just take my time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Look at that person next to you. And say, we're bound together. Hey, but we are. We're bound together, Sister Francis and Claudine. We're all bound together. We're bound together. Hallelujah. We make a strong rope. We're not easily torn asunder and broken. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that it prevails in our life. Let our hearts be lifted. Let us rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. God bless you. See you all Sunday.